Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper. This is a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development. Your hosts today are the fabulous three of Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. So today we are going to be talking about the power of vulnerability, but first we have a very special announcement. Yes. So as I'm sure that you've been following along, we are going to be launching the Gay Men Going Deeper membership. And that actually starts today. So registration is open. Doors are open. They're only going to be open for 48 hours because we're just going to get a small amount of people in just to kind of test the waters for the next couple months over this beta launch. So if you want to be in on all the action and help this amazing community come to life, go to gaymengoingdeeper.com and the registration page will be there for you. So super excited. Everybody's super excited about it, but that's just a quick little boop before we jump into today's episode. All right. Thank you so much. So today, yes, we're talking about the power of vulnerability and I love this topic and I know you guys do as well. There is so much we can go into here, but we'll try to try to keep it uh, <laughs> sticking to one topic for at least today. So what's coming up for me as it relates to vulnerability is it's, it's sort of two pronged for me right now. On the one hand, I'm experiencing vulnerability very much so in my personal life as I navigate my new relationship and all of the fun things that come up when it comes to being in a relationship and uh, opening yourself up to somebody in that emotional kind of way. The second thing that comes up for me on this topic is that I work with vulnerability a lot with a lot of my clients. So with coaching, you know, I, I do a lot of work with self-esteem and self-confidence. And what a lot of people don't know is that vulnerability is at the core of that because what we see is that the more willing you are to practice being vulnerable, the more courageous you become because vulnerability and, and courage go hand in hand. And as you develop that courage, the more confident you actually become. But for a lot of people, and I'm going to say for men specifically, myself included, is that vulnerability was something that I always assumed was a weakness, right? And so I avoided it because it doesn't feel good. And there's that emotional risk. There's that sense that, oh, I don't want people to see uh, these flaws that I have and that kind of masks that with perfectionism in, in my situation. But the more that we can let go of that and the more that we can step towards vulnerability and practice that courage, even though it feels terrifying most of the time, over and over and over, the more we do that, the more confident that we become. And that has been my story for sure. Even as I'm sitting here doing this podcast with you guys, I mean, Matt and Kellen both know very much that I have a bit of nerves around doing these, but each time that I step into it and I show up, um, even with all my fears of, you know, fucking it up and, and making a mistake, I still show up and I do it. And each time I get a little bit more confident. So that's how I'm currently experiencing vulnerability. How about you, Matt? Okay, we're going to me. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it too because I could feel it. I was like, ask Matt. To Usually, Callan goes, and then I get ideas. I know. And... <laughs> well, I'm switching it up. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to practice true, authentic relating because I have no effing clue what I'm going to say. <sighs> hmm. Yeah, I think <clears throat> so. Vulnerability for me has been 
it's been layered. It's like, it's got, it feels layered for me because I think um, for many, many years, I wore many different masks, primarily the mask of masculinity. And that's one that's just like, oh, it won't freaking come off my face fully yet. It's like peeling off in little bits and like, it's still there, but it's like, I still have a lot of um, apprehension to being witnessed in my feminine and, uh, so I think for me, vulnerability is just this constant process. And it's just like, um, it's this constant process of like meeting myself in the truest kind of aspects of myself constantly and constantly showing up in different ways to be able to share my authenticity with the world. And I think I think what I'm learning is that authenticity is like really about just honoring what's alive for me in each moment, because it's like the more that I grab onto what is actually authentic about me, the, the, the more confused I become or the more like, I feel like I'm bringing like my conditioning into what I need to be. And I think that as I move through this process that I'm going through, whatever, whatever it is, um, it's about honoring what I want in any given moment. And it could be completely different from what I wanted yesterday. And I think um, that for me is very vulnerable because it's like when I, um, when I'm connecting with people, I, I, I feel like I have, I put this pressure on myself that I have to like show up in like with consistency all the time. So then people feel like they know who I am or they feel safe around me or, or whatever it might be. Um, because I think what it is, is then I get reflected back to from those people that I'm safe because they're showing me that I'm safe. But if I show up in all these like crazy forms, um, people tend to not know how to receive me. And then they reflect back to me, um, maybe instability or maybe un like they're not feeling safe or whatever. And then it makes me feel that way. So a lot of my learning around being vulnerable is just to really just be who I am and stay really rooted in my own energy and not focus on other people and their reactions to me. Um, and a good example actually was yesterday. I went to, um, they had an ecstatic dance in the, the park, which was really cool because uh, we were able to kind of be distanced from each other, but we, we had uh, some music playing and there was probably about 20 people um, dancing. And the park was full, it was like with all sorts of people. And I was really at first hesitant to dance in front of it because everybody was looking, right? And, uh, but then what I did was I just stopped looking at people looking at me and I just stayed in my own energy. And if I had to, I closed my eyes and uh, it allowed me to kind of root into my own presence in my own energy. And um, I had a really beautiful time. So I think for a lot of us, um, something that can be really beneficial is just to quit paying, quit playing, paying such close attention to people's reactions to us when we are vulnerable, because if we're, if we're making other people a reference point to how we can show up, we're never going to show up in the, in, in the courage and, and the, um, the authenticity that we want to, because we're going to be, um, playing the whole, um, people pleasing card, which has been like just this massive thing I've been trying to deconstruct for a while, but um, yeah, vulnerability for me, I think it's been, um, it's been how I've built a business. Actually. Um, I, I switched from my 
Well, even when I was running a fitness um, business, I was still doing a lot of um, kind of like life coaching content and stuff like that and recording videos and sharing about myself. Cause I think that's one of the ways that I've healed a lot of the shame in me because my shame, a lot of it was really relational shame, um, which pretty much all shame is actually it's relational because it, without other people, what is shame, right? Um, we, we need other people to, in order to have the experience of shame. Um, I think, so just sharing my story has been really, really powerful um, just to be able to kind of move through shame and, um, and get comfortable with vulnerability. But like I said, it's coming in layers. And I feel like now I'm at this place where like, I'm, I'm learning a completely different level of vulnerability, which is like um, being okay with people not liking me, being okay with conflict, being okay with my shadow self coming forward. Um, Cause I think before, like I was controlling my vulnerability, but I think true vulnerability is when you just let go. Like, well, I shouldn't say true vulnerability, a another layer, another depth to vulnerability um, is when you just fully let go and you allow yourself to kind of show up in like all the messiness and all the craziness of who we are as human beings, you know? And I think I've had this story that I've told myself that I have to be composed. I don't want people to see that they can get under my skin. That's been a huge one for me for most of my life. And, um, it's very humbling when you have a conversation with somebody around how they, they had an impact on how I felt. Right. And I think I've never wanted to let people know that they impact how I feel. So that's been a big transformation for me. So my vulnerability has led to a great deal of humility and uh, continues to do so. Um, so yeah, vulnerabilities. It's, it can be really delicious. It can be really painful. It can be really shameful. It can be, there's so much that comes up um, in, in vulnerable experiences. But in the end, I think vulnerability for me has been a pretty big game changer. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. There's a lot here. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's a big one. Big one. Um, <laughs> you were talking about like layers and I think of it the same for myself, but I think of it as like incremental incremental vulnerability for myself um, in the same way that I think of like any muscle you build, you have to build the muscle like little tear by little tear. And so for myself, when I think of vulnerability, that's how I, I think of it. Like every time I just do a little bit more or like I just allow myself to go a little bit further and it's like incremental. It's not like be all end all because um, a lot of the work I've done around vulnerability has come from um, kind of started when Brene Brown did her TED talk on vulnerability, which if you're listening right now and you haven't watched that, like go watch that TED mm -hmm. talk about vulnerability with Brene Brown. It is life changing. Mm -hmm. um, she has two, I think now, but like the first one's the big one. Um, and so that's kind of when I started my work and how I now look at it through like having followed her work a lot, she talks about like vulnerability hangovers. And that's how I had always kind of experienced my vulnerability is that it built up, built up, built up. And I never let anybody kind of see it until it exploded. And then I was left feeling this vulnerability hangover because I was just like all at once, or it was like all on this one person or, you know, and it wasn't done in a healthy manner or a conscious manner. And so now I'm really focused on committing to the incremental vulnerability and picking and choosing who I allow into that space because 
it's not about not allowing myself to be vulnerable, but it's allowing myself to be vulnerable in the right situations with the right people so that that vulnerability muscle can get stronger so that if, and when I do have bigger vulnerable moments, um, like, you know, maybe giving a presentation in front of a thousand people and I completely fuck up that vulnerability hangover won't hit as hard because I had, because I'll have already practiced building that vulnerability muscle with other people who are trusting and who can hold that space for me. Um, so how that looks is like, I, you know, you guys in particular, just continuously building our relationships and building that space amongst each other and that allowing each other to be more vulnerable and to hold each other in that space, saying that it's okay and it's safe has really helped me kind of access more of that vulnerability part of myself and allowing myself to, you know, maybe have conversations I wouldn't necessarily have in the past because I didn't feel safe. Now I feel safe in this, in this container. So it's like, okay, I'm allowing myself to be more vulnerable, even though I don't know what's in the wilderness. Like I don't know what's out there, but I'm willing to have the conversations now. Whereas before I would kind of lock it down out of like self-preservation and self-safety. Um, so that's kind of one of the ways that I look at the vulnerability is like, I, I allow myself to have those moments now with particular people and scenarios so that I can feel more comfortable with vulnerability. So I can build that muscle, build that strength up, um, and, and use it later on. And so that it can help me, you know, continue to evolve on my journey. Um, and another aspect of vulnerability is like what I talked about off the top of today's episode, like we're launching this membership and it's just like the most vulnerable thing I have ever done. And I just like <sighs> breathe. But I know that like going into it with you guys, like we're kind of in it together and we practice all these things and being vulnerable and putting so much of your own work out there to the world. It's like a lot of artists have to go through this of like, you know, I'm creating this art and it's not for approval, but of course, on the other side, you kind of, you want people to enjoy what you put out there. You want people to feel good. You want people to feel like they're getting helped. And it's like with this podcast, like, you know, it's fun chatting with you guys and I love doing it, but like, at the end of it, I hope that people are getting something from it and like learning from it and growing mm. from it. So like this whole journey of like building my business and getting more vulnerable, I'm, I'm seeing the return on vulnerability starting to come through because, you know, more clients start coming out of the woodworks and start messaging you. And that never would have happened had I not started putting myself in front of the camera and like putting out you know, videos and doing this podcast and other things that are, were very vulnerable to me and scary as fuck, to be honest. But hmm. because I had built kind of that container of safety, it was like, okay, yes, it's vulnerable. Yes, it's scary. But I have other people holding my hand saying, yep, we're here. We're scared too, but we're going to do this together and we'll have each other's backs. So it's, you know, finding that support system and that community of people who can help you go through that vulnerability process and kind of help you walk on that journey is something that I'm very much learning in regards to all parts of my life, but very much business aspects, because I'm, I'm not going to have clients in a company in a business if I don't put myself out there, but I had to get vulnerable to put myself out there because so many people are like, I hate the sound of my voice and I hate myself on video and camera and like all these things. And it's just like, okay, but if nobody knows who you are, why would they work with you? Like if nobody knows your energy, if they don't know who you are, if they don't know like 
your quirks and how funny you can be and these other things that add into working with you. Yeah, your other clients can tell people, but they don't know unless you show them some of that. So a big thing for me was putting myself on camera and like, now I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, like, let's go for it. But I think that wouldn't have happened unless I went through the journey, unless I went through the process. And that only happened one increment at a time, mm. one vulnerability increment at a time. And so for people listening out there, I want to just remind you that it's like, you don't have to go be all end all and like go kamikaze on it. Like <laughs> pick and choose where you're like, okay, this is a really, really good friend of mine. I love them and trust them maybe there's a space where I can be a little bit more vulnerable with them because pardon me, there's a lot of friends that I have and I love friends, but there's only a certain amount of really, really good close friends. And even those really good close friends, sometimes you're like, I don't know certain things about you. Like we've never dove into these conversations and like little by little, if you kind of allow yourself to have those conversations, like I had a conversation with one of my best friends once where it was like, she shared with me that like her, father had been murdered and like you know she had to see the murderer in the store at the grocery store once in a while because she's you know from um south africa and like a specific area and it's like it's a very different way of living but like that's not something that just kind of came about in conversation and it was a lot about building that relationship and building that space of vulnerability and because she shared that i allowed myself to be vulnerable and share things about myself and so when we open up those doors of sharing, you know, pick and choose what you want to share and how you want to share. But when you do it little by little, it'll help you go, okay, well, that wasn't so bad. Like I can do this and then do it again and do it again and like learn and grow from it. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say amen to all of those lessons in business because I was exactly the same way. I still am like, right. Even, even like I said, doing this podcast, I still feel the same way in how many episodes have we done? But it's, it's the other thing that I've noticed is when you risk that emotional exposure, when you do put yourself out there, um, and it does feel like courage and facing your fears. It is so interesting how that's where my perfectionism comes in. So one of my masks is that perfectionism, like, I don't want you, anyone out there to see the flaws that I see in myself. So the way that I speak, or, you know, all the things that I don't like about myself. I don't want, I want to hide that from the rest of the world. So then I put on this perfectionism mask. And the thing is, what I've noticed is that's not relatable. People want you to be vulnerable, but we, or at least me, I don't want to be vulnerable, but people like seeing vulnerability on camera. They like those moments, but then it's so scary when they have to do it themselves. And I've seen this as well in my relationships, right? So the last few podcasts that we did together, we talked about friendships and romantic relationships. And I think vulnerability is at the key of that conversation as well, because I can draw a line in the sand from my relationships, especially romantic ones, where I didn't want them to, my partner, to see the aspects of me that I felt ashamed about. And so I didn't show them, but then all that created was disconnection. It created a very surface level type of connection and wasn't until similar to you, Callan, it was Brene Brown's uh, video, which was called the power of vulnerability, I believe um, that I really, you know, sunk my teeth into this topic and started practicing that more in relationships. And lo and behold, as I shared my fears, as I shared, you know, like my, my fear of rejection or even in my current relationship, you know, there's, there's fears that are coming up for us. And every time we share them, we just end up getting closer together, even though it's very scary to do that with someone else. Because 
at least for me, I mean, I just want to be seen and heard and loved for who I am. I don't want to be that guy who was trying to put on a version of myself that I wanted my partner to love. So it's like, okay, you love this, then I will be that for you. That was sort of my story before. Whereas now I'm like, hey, listen, <laughs> here's, here's who I am. Here's all the mess. Here's the crazy. Hope you still love me. <laughs> Knowing full well that he could be like, peace out. I'm, I can't deal with this. And that is, you know, that is a risk when we, when we show ourselves to other people, especially those parts of us that we, we ourselves don't even like, right? Like it's things, the, my, my aspects of my personality that I don't even find tolerable. It's hard enough to share them with myself, let alone share them with another person because they can, they can run away. They can leave. They can say, no, I'm not into this by, I can't run away from myself. So I got to deal with it my whole life. So it's, it's very interesting to see how vulnerability is actually the thing that can create those deeper connections. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Like I'm saying with my partner, it could be as simple as like looking someone in the eye when you're talking to them. I used to avoid eye contact talking to people because I was so shy and I didn't, I just didn't want people to see me. I had this fear of being seen and, and fear of being heard, which is where all this nervousness stems from. Right. So I know that that's where it's from. And it's, it's, I think very important to note that yes, in business, in relationships, I think in everything, vulnerability is, is one of those things that we really do need to practice to develop courage and to have deeper connections. And as I said in the beginning, develop that greater sense of genuine self-confidence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of gay men sh- will, will resonate with what you just said. And I think, um, I remember reading the book, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And, and I'm also uh, definitely a perfectionist and working on that big time made some huge strides in the last few years with, with this area. Um, and that book, it was almost like <clears throat> that was the book that gave me permission to start to share my shadows and start to share these parts of myself that I don't like about myself. And I think vulnerability is an interesting thing because it's like a lot of us don't want to be vulnerable until we can show up in the way that we think is going to receive less criticism. (laughs) So it's like, oh, I'll get myself to this point to an eight out of 10, then I'll share myself with the world. (laughs) But what we, what that does not do is it does not give us what true vulnerability is meant to give us, which is a stronger sense of worthiness and a stronger sense of connection. Because if we're waiting till we're perfect to share ourselves with the world, then um, we're not using vulnerability to its full potential. And I think vulnerability is actually, to me at least, is the opposite. It's, it's we develop worthiness when we share ourselves more, because I think worthiness for me is this, this, um, this balance between people seeing me as worthy, but also me feeling worthy because we're social creatures, right? We can't just find worthiness 100% in isolation of community because community is the mirror and relationships are the mirror to who we are constantly. So I think they both go kind of hand in hand. Um, but I think to your point, Michael, about, about, um, like wearing masks, I think a lot of gay men, we, we grew up having to hide ourselves and we had to hide a pretty large aspect of who we are. And 
that aspect of who we are, I think a lot of us received shameful messages about being gay. So we, we learned very quickly to cover ourselves up um, and hide ourselves from the world. Um, whether that be our sexuality, our femininity, um, our mannerisms, the way we walk, talk, right? Um, so we, we, we learn very quickly to put these masks on and to, to conform and to assimilate to the world around us. And I think it's very destructive because it pulls us away from our authenticity and um, vulnerability is the opposite of that. It's showing up and being your femi self, your gay self, your fabulous self, your all yourselves. Um, and I think that's where I'm at right now in my life is I'm allowing myself to just, just show up and be exactly who I need to be in the moment. And that might be difficult. That might be messy. That might be joyful, playful, sexy. Like it's just all of these expressions. They, I'm tired of of feeling stifled by myself because it's, it's, yeah, sure. Society stifles us, but then it gets to a point where you, you can't keep blaming society for why you're not being vulnerable. You have to take ownership for yourself and you have to say, yeah, I bought into the conditioning and it fucking sucks. But now the only way to deconstruct your conditioning is to take responsibility for your own beliefs, your own thoughts, your own actions, and start to really just allow yourself to step into the, the, the full authentic expression of who you are, right? And whatever, and I think for some people, they're so confused about what that is because they have spent so many years hiding, which I can attest to. But then I started to realize that the actual expression, the true expression of who I am is when I'm all by myself and I'm in my house, or actually a good example is when I'm in the shower. <laughs> I, I sing, I dance, I, 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 all sorts of me gets to come out um, in these, these times. And I think that's, um, that's my true, true authentic expression is like the playful, silly Matt when I'm just by myself and I don't have to worry about people judging me or I don't have to worry about people's reactions to me. And um, that's the person that I'm trying to show up more as with other people um, while still honoring what you said, Callan, like increments. Like we don't need to be throwing ourselves at the world and barfing our vulnerability all over everybody because we, we, that, then it lacks boundaries, right? So we really want to be mindful of what we're sharing and share at the pace that our nervous system allows us, not necessarily how our ego or how our mind wants us to show up. Your nervous system will always tell you, um, you know, the environment or the people that are going to be beneficial uh, to you showing up vulnerably with. So that's also been a big lesson of mine is discernment of what to share uh, with people. And these podcasts for like, I'm still learning because it's like, I sometimes share things in these podcasts that I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, like I get a, ha a hangover from it. You know what I mean? I'm like something that's like, that's a really intense thing to share. Um, so there is a there is a learning there for me, but also people, whenever I do have a pretty deep and intimate share, I always get reflected from people. They'll be like, you know, thanks for thank you for sharing that because I'm also struggling with that too. And you know, it's really nice to know that I'm not alone in that. And that's been really, really beautiful. Um, but I do want to also feel safe in my sharing too. I don't want to always be oversharing to the point just because it benefits other people. So it is a it is a balance and it's it takes it takes trial and error to learn what that balance is. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of having this epiphany moment right now. Um, 
and it kind of ties into what you just said, Matt, about how, you know, people reach out and they're like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like, I really resonated with this. Like you helped me. Um, and like the first part of that is like, I'm looking at the world and it's like, you know, there's reality TV and all these things that people love. Like, why do people love reality TV? I say that in quotations for people who aren't watching, but like this reality TV is because it's vulnerable and it's messy and people fucking love the mess. They're like, yeah, so messy because we can resonate with it because we're like, oh my God, I'm not totally screwed up. Like, or I'm just as screwed up. Like everybody's just screwed up. And it shows us that it's like that mess is there. And then we can live in that and we're like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. Or like, I thought that too, or I wanted to say that too. And so there's that bonding aspect of it. But then the flip side of it is that immediately it could also go into judgmental mode because that's the commiserating of the people around you. You know, everybody's watching the TV and you're with a group of friends and everybody's like, oh my God, this is so dramatic. This is so crazy, blah, 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 blah. And there's a bonding because you're like, oh my God, I feel like that too. But then the flip side of that is all of a sudden people, when they get into their vulnerability, and they get scared, they attack. And so then all of a sudden the judgments come out. They're like, oh, how did, like, how could they do that? And like all these judgments come along with that vulnerability as well. And so it's like this kind of two pronged thing where it's like, yes, being vulnerable will bring you so much closeness and so many stories like Matt, how it's like, you know, people reach out and they're like, oh, thank you so much. But you can't just have that there's going to be the judgmental people who are picking and prodding because mm -hmm. they're living into the fear of it that mm -hmm. they're like, Oh my God, I can't agree with this. I can't be vulnerable enough to say that I actually see this and want to be there because that's too much. That's too much vulnerable. So I'm going to attack you because it's bringing up shit in me that I can't see or that I can't deal with right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of having this epiphany moment where it's just like, you have to have both and there's always going to be both. And it's like, yes, you can put out this vulnerability thing out there, and like be completely vulnerable and you're going to get so many amazing messages of love and support and you're also going to get so many fucking people attacking you and hating on you case in point a lot of celebrities who come out being lgbtq plus like um who is it jojo siwa i don't i don't listen to her I, she's a I, she's like a youtube star or like a young tweeny popper youtube star um and she came out i believe i don't want to say incorrect things but i believe she came out as pansexual um, and just kind of embracing her queerness and that she does have or she has has or is in a relationship with a girl and that was huge because she was kind of like one of these Disney star people and then she was attacked by like you know these what is it million moms and all these hate groups of like the fear-mongering but on the other side of that she was met with such love and compassion from so many other people as well being like I love you. Like I'm on this journey as well. And like, she's, you know, these young impressionable kids who are just looking for people who feel the same or who are going through the same journey of like, you know, this is who I am right now. And I'm going to embrace that. And I want to share that with you, but she had to be vulnerable, but she also said like, it's the happiest she's ever been like the most settled she's ever been in her life and the most genuinely happy, but it didn't come without its bag of shit on it. But that goes back to like the building of the increments. It's like, you know, she had to build those vulnerability increments to get to a place where she's like, I'm safe. I'm surrounded by the best people to be surrounded by. So that even if the shitstorm around me happens, the people in my close circle are going to hold me up so that we can help, they can help me weather this storm, you know, together. And I think that that really speaks volumes as to, um, finding your group of people, your community of people, even if it's just a couple of close friends to really build that. And that, to, that personally has been the biggest part of helping me 
go through this vulnerability heard me journey is with finding people who truly want to stand with me and hold me up in those moments where it's a little bit tougher for me to hold myself up because they're like, I've been there. I've seen it. I've gone through it. You're going to get through it too. It's going to suck right now. And then that's when you focus on all those good people and all those good messages you get. So there's a, a bit of an aha moment for me. And I think what you were saying about the, uh, what's her name? The, the one who came out as Pan? Jojo Siwa. Okay. She was, that, she was, you know, Canadian drag race, how it was yeah. Lemon. Lemon yeah. did her on, um, on Snatch Game. Okay. I'll have to rewatch that. Uh, <laughs> but I think as, as people do that and they kind of jump off that emotional cliff, so to speak, that is what builds the confidence, right? Like we can talk about confidence and all the things you need to do, but you have to actually risk that emotional exposure. It doesn't always end up good. People are going to love you. Absolutely. They're going to love that you spoke your truth. They're going to find you relatable. They're going to thank you, but they're also going to criticize you. But, but being able to recover from that, being able to face that, face all the criticism, all, all the stuff that comes with it. And whether you have a, a wonderful support system or not, if you can survive that, you would have learned, Hey, wait a minute, you know, this was really tough. I did it. I'm still here. It builds that resilience. It builds strength. Not, and I'm not saying that that's like, we have to do things where we put ourselves in front of that kind of uh, amount of criticism, but it is an example, I think, of what exactly builds real self-confidence and, and real emotional exposure. It's that risk. It's, it's that emotional risk, especially as it pertains to vulnerability. Fear of rejection is a big one, right? Um, you know, we talked about uh, people who put creative works out there you write a song or a poem and you share it with the world, you have no idea what they're going to say. They might hate it. They might look at you like they don't understand it, you know, but the fact that you did it is the point. That is what builds the confidence, not necessarily the accolades and accolades are always great, but mm. it's, it's putting yourself out there authentically and saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I've created. This is my authentic expression. Uh, it sets us up for hurt. It sets us up for disappointment, mm. but that is what builds the connection at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. There's a, a practice that I've been working with for the last while, and it's actually stemmed out of like working and healing on this people-pleasing stuff that's been with me since I was a kid. And it's just, I'm just really tired of it. And um, it's still alive in me, but it's definitely part of the conditioning is being shed. And I think one of the things that's been really valuable for me is learning how to lean into discomfort. And for me, discomfort in, in this sense is emotional, obviously, because when I share my truth with somebody and they criticize it, it brings up discomfort in the sense of um, criticism, rejection, um, judgment, any of these things. And they tend to, for me, incite shame, right? Shame in who I am or um, a lack. It, it really plays on my, my self-esteem or my self-confidence, those sorts of things. And I've noticed that how I've been coming, becoming more comfortable with receiving this criticism is really leaning into and kind of pushing back the edge of, of what discomfort means to me and what it feels like for me. So I've been putting myself in situations where discomfort is inevitable and or I'm actually choosing discomfort um, to redefine my relationship with discomfort and what it means to me. Um, one of them is cold plunging. <laughs> so because discomfort is discomfort, right? Whether it's emotional, 
or physiological. It's a sensation we experience inside of our body um, that we don't want to sit with. So I find that when we push ourselves towards the edge and we, we choose to breathe, we choose to sit with that, we're giving ourselves permission. And then our edge expands a little bit, even if it's just a tiny little bit, it expands a little, it's like, it's developing emotional tolerance to the things we don't want to sit with. And it's been, it's been pretty powerful for me, um, doing that. So again, um, you know, cold plunging is one having difficult conversations with people. Like, I think something that's been really vulnerable for me is ex expressing my needs to people. And it's been, it's been something really, um, really vulnerable, even since I was a kid, because I never, I was always about other people's needs. I was a codependent empath child, and it was always about focusing on other, what does the other need? And I think I'm stepping into this energy now in my life where I really want to be able to communicate my needs and share what it is that is important to me. And that's very vulnerable for me to, to share what I need, because I think, um, a belief, a core belief that I have around sharing needs is as if, well, if somebody knows what my needs are, they can choose to starve me of the things that I need, or they can choose to take advantage of, you know, withholding or whatever, those types of things. And I think that's where there's a lot of trust required in vulner vulnerability. And I think um, we really want to be mindful of who we're, we're sharing with too, because we, we want to have some sort of trust for somebody in our sharing. Uh, when we're when we're really being vulnerable about relational needs, because I think, um, yeah, for me it's it's it can create it can create discomfort. So yeah, I think just changing my relationship with discomfort has really helped with my people pleasing because um, it's allowing me to to know that yeah, okay, I'm a, I'm about to share, I'm about to put myself out there in a vulnerable way it's inevitable that I'm going to receive people who are not aligned to my truth. Right. And that's okay because my truth is very unique to me. It's been developed because of my own personal experiences and it's the way that I view the world around me. And I think um, how, how can we expect somebody to share our worldview if they've, if they haven't shared our experiences. So it's like really getting into that energy of like, just really honoring who you are, your experiences, how you've saw the world um, and know that other people don't share that. So it's okay. And I think when I lead with curiosity and I say, yeah, okay, you don't, you're, you're criticizing me right now. Okay. That's okay. But I, I lead with a question. Like, what is it about my truth that really makes you uncomfortable or really makes you X, Y, and Z, whatever, however they're representing themselves, as opposed to being like, fuck you or blocking them or, or whatever. I want to, I want to get curious because is there something there for me to learn about their worldview that maybe I would want to adopt in my own worldview. Right. Um, so leading with curiosity has been really powerful as well. So I'd say those two things, learning a tolerance to discomfort and leading with curiosity. And they actually kind of bleed into each other as well. Um, because when you lead with curiosity, you tend to put yourself more in situations where there may be um, discomfort. So, yeah. I fully agree with that. Curiosity is a huge thing that I've been kind of diving into recently as well. Um, and I just finished like uh, I've listened to like three Brene Brown books recently just because I've been on a bit of a binge but she was talking about curiosity and and vulnerability 
together because it's like the reason most people aren't curious anymore is because it's vulnerable because you're opening yourself up to that vulnerability when you get curious because if you get curious it means things can change and change is vulnerable Mm -hmm. and so it's like people avoid it they don't want to get curious because they're like if I get curious and I go down that rabbit hole anything can happen and I'm too afraid of that and I find a lot of people who are kind of set in their ways or like it is the way it is because I say so, or it is the way it is because of tradition, or it is the way it is just because that's the way it is. A lot of them are stuck in that not being curious, not being vulnerable because they're like, if I go down that rabbit hole of possibility and change, Lord only knows what's going to happen. Right. And so it's really scary to be curious. Um, But one of the things I've been focusing on myself is just getting curious and being curious and, and I, when I allow myself to approach like vulnerability from a curiosity standpoint, it kind of opens it up differently for me. Um, it kind of opens it up with a little bit more compassion and space to breathe. Whereas vulnerability makes me feel a little bit more tight. Whereas curiosity, like just the language allows me to kind of be like, oh, okay, well, let's just get curious here. And there's no right or wrong. There's no judgment that I hold in curiosity. It's just huh, that's interesting. And anytime I come up against something, I'm always just like, huh, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, And then also just when I'm working with clients, I also, you focus on being curious in regards to like, if somebody wants to move jobs or change things, or there's something not happening in their life and they're really, they need to change. Um, A lot of the times people's default is like, well, what are you passionate about? This, that, and the other. It's like, well, some people don't know what the fuck they're passionate about. Okay. Like (laughs) some people have no fucking clue. And if you go to somebody who's like, doesn't know what it is and you're like, just follow your passion. They're like, I don't fucking know. It's going to stress them out more. So I always just encourage them to be, get curious. What are you curious about? Like what interests you? Even if it's completely obscure and frivolous, if you're curious about it, that means your soul is calling out for it in some way, shape or form or in some regard. And that may, maybe you're curious about five different things and four of them will lead you down a path of like, oh, cool. I went a little bit further with those curiosities. I found out some things and like, you know what? It's not what I'm super into, or I'm just going to like do this for leisure. It's not something I'm passionate about. Like maybe singing. It's like you're passionate, you're curious about singing, but you don't want to be a singer. You just want to enjoy singing. Maybe that leads you to like a community choir or something like that, or taking lessons just for yourself. But then curiosity can also lead you down a hole where it's just like, oh, well, I'm really interested in this. And then you go deeper and deeper and you're like, you get more curious and then that leads to the passion. And then you become passionate about something because you let yourself get curious about it. That's also being vulnerable, letting yourself be vulnerable enough to go down those paths to be like, I'm so curious about this one thing over here. And then all of a sudden you're like, you have a job that you've applied for and you're like, "Uh, I don't even know if I'm going to get this job or if I'm going to love it, but, you know, sit in that vulnerability and just throw it out there to the universe. I think with the pandemic has really thrown a lot of people in that world of like their whole lives have been turned upside down and now they don't know what they want to do. But not only that, they're in this space where it's like, everybody's been forced into kind of like a midlife crisis where they're just like, like, here you go world, have a midlife crisis. Like the whole world, just go for it. And so people are like, my world is upside down. And it's kind of giving people this beautiful space of like, you can either play into the fears and live there, which I think a lot of people did at first and probably still are. But I find 
of the more people I talk to, a lot of the conversations of like, you know what, I went in a shithole for the first while, but now I've come to a place where like, I want something to change. And this is allowing me that space to figure what, uh, what that is. And that's what I mean by getting curious is if something in your life needs to change, just get curious about it. Let yourself go down that. But that's vulnerable because you might find things you don't know about yourself or that you don't necessarily even like about yourself. And that's okay because I've, I've found out things that I don't like about myself, but I had to let myself sit with that darkness and sit with that shadow before I could just, you know, face it, sit with it and go through it. Cause it's not going to go away. If it's there, it's there. You have to be able to sit with it, to see it, to go through it, then come out on the other side. And it's allowed me to blossom more and to be more vulnerable, but I had to kind of go through that process first, but it starts with curiosity and then vulnerability. And that shit's scary as <laughs> fuck sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say that no, even, even if it doesn't, go away, like acknowledging those shadow aspects or those things that we don't like about ourselves, they don't go away. They'd actually become, they have more of an effect on your life, but you're just not aware of the effect it's having until you become aware of it. And it doesn't mean you need to love it, right? Like I'm not, I'm not the point where I love all my flaws, but I have at least come to a level of acceptance. Like, okay, here this, here is this part of me that I do not like. Here he is. Fuck. <laughs> um, but then, you know, knowing that, knowing that it exists, knowing that it's there, then you can take that step further into integrating loving and whatever. And then the other thing I would add is since we all want to be seen and heard, right? We all just want to be seen and heard at the end of the day. This is like the theme of, of anything that I've dealt with, with when it comes to clients, we all just want to be seen and heard and then ultimately loved for that version of us. But if we do not give ourselves permission to be seen or heard as we are, then it's, what's the point, right? We have to give ourselves that permission to put ourselves out there and including everything like, Hey, you know what? I really like this kind of music, which no one in my social circle likes, but guess what I do. And I'm okay with that. And I really like uh, for me, I mean, the, the most recent example of my life was spirituality you know, in my circle of friends at the time, nobody was really interested in all those woo concepts that I just like was drawn like a moth to a flame about. Mm. And eventually, as I spoke that truth, as I said, hey, I'm really interested in these kinds of topics, guess what? Other people showed up. They're like, oh, hey, you know what? Me too. But I don't really know anyone, anyone else who's interested in this. Like, maybe we should get together and like, it'd be great to pick your brain on that. And then as you speak that truth, as you express those interests, curiosities, that's when the tribe comes that that sense of people that that can support you and also you become more confident in yourself as well so uh, at least that's been my experience mm -hmm. i have a quote on my youtube channel on the top and it says when you own who you are you attract what you need <clears throat> and you can change the what with who right you attract who or what you need it doesn't really matter <clears throat> and that's so crucial. That's, that's the gem. That's the power of vulnerability, in my opinion, is the deep, beautiful connections, authentic connections that you get when you own who you are, right? And, and you're, if we're always changing, it means we're always exposing and disclosing ourselves, right? And I think it, an, an advantage that we have as gay men is we've come out, <laughs> we have exposed and disclosed ourselves. So we're already at, a, at an advantage to being vulnerable in an authentic way. And I think if we continue to, to 
carry forth that same courage and same energy that it took for us to come out. And we, we continue to live that way in this really beautiful, authentic way. I think it's, we're offering such a gift to ourselves and the world around us. And um, like, that's the reason why we started this brotherhood is because we want to create a beautiful community of men who are willing to show up, take off their masks and commune in this beautiful connection with each other. Right. And, and uh, I'm just, I'm so excited till the day we get to do retreats and I get to hug all these beautiful people that I've been connecting with virtually, including you two. I've actually never seen you guys in, in person. I know. Is <laughs> I don't even know what your side profiles look like. I don't know anything. I, all I know is this, this is it. Right? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Like it's, yeah, it's gonna be pretty so cool. Crazy. Yeah. I don't think yeah. people know that. I don't think people know that. Like we've not actually ever met in physical person. Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah I've met Michael yeah. because he lives down the street from me in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. But like we've never met you physically in person, Matt. And like people yeah. are probably listening, like, what? Like this is crazy. Yeah. We're gonna have the yeah. best hug soulgasm ever. For yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well guys (laughs) we have a couple more minutes left what would we like to wrap things up with maybe nuggets of wisdom i mean i think that this we should also uh comment again on Brene. like i as you guys are saying it guess what book i have right oh i gotta have it right (laughs) over there too (laughs) um yeah i think you know going back to if people are listening to this or watching this and they really like this topic please do go watch that youtube video or she has that uh netflix special call to courage i believe on Netflix, add it to your list. I think she has done such great work on this topic and I've learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be something else. And also check us out next episode because we're going to be talking more about it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your guys's, um, cause we have 10 minutes, I think, right? Yeah. Um, why don't we share something that we're working on right now in the realm of vulnerability? Like what are you finding is an area that's been, that you're learning how to be vulnerable in? Um, I think I mentioned it off the top of this episode, but like launching this membership with you guys Mm. is like practicing huge vulnerability because as entrepreneurs, we're used to doing stuff ourselves, right? Like individually. And so this is the kind of the first step into that with other people. So navigating that there is different dynamics and different energy in that. And it's like, you know, it's like one third of a whole now. I'm not just the whole, I'm one third and I have to take into those considerations and all that. So practicing Mm -hmm. that vulnerability in that sense is definitely huge. Um, And then on the front of that is like putting that out there to the world being like, we want to do this amazing thing and share this with everybody. I I hope you like it. Like we have no idea, right? We can only do the best that we know how to do now and know that as it grows, it's going to evolve and get even better and get even better. And like, it'll refine, but you're never going to get to that refined space if you don't start somewhere. And I think this is where I always stuck in with business specifically, because I always looked at other people's businesses that had been in the business for like five, 10, 15 years who had marketing campaign, like money for marketing campaigns and all these amazing things that they could do. And then thinking of me trying to do that for myself it's like you're a one-man show and it's just like oh but I want to have all those amazing things but like do I think that they had all of that when they started out no they fell and stumbled and skinned their knees and were bloodied and bashed around just as much as anybody else at the beginning but the thing that really got them through was you know staying true to themselves 
being vulnerable, having compassion for themselves and getting back up every single time, learning and growing and saying, I'm in this for a bigger reason than myself. And so really working on that vulnerability of like, even though I'm putting myself out there for possible criticism with that criticism also comes all those amazing people who are going to reach out and be like, you've changed my life. Mm-hmm. And like, that is like going to be amazing. And it is amazing because we're experiencing that already now. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to all of that. <clears throat> um, I would say for me, I would take a different approach with my personal relationship with my partner Uh, It's coming up a lot, right? So for me, I think one of the, I'm going to say admitting I'm wrong, at least being the first to apologize, because we're both very, he's not going to have a problem with me sharing this, but we're both very defensive. And when we are right, we're both very stubborn as well. We are right. We kind of get in that righteous space, but I know that that never ends up leading anywhere good. So I have, I've been practicing being the first to say, to put down that like guard, to put down that emotional wall and say, okay, you know, I was wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. But, and, and doing it from a, from an authentic place, like, you know, I did this wrong. I'm sorry. I could have done better. Those kinds of like, it's actually really hard for me. I didn't really know this until recently to say that, like, I don't like admitting being wrong. Um, so I think like apologizing um, because that to me means that in my mind, he's more likely to kind of strike that against me and then walk out the door and then my abandonment was get triggered, but here we go down that whole path. So I've avoided those situations for fear of triggering that abandonment. But what I've found is that when I do it first, eventually he gets there as well. And then we end up having a beautiful conversation about it yeah, and then connecting even deeper. So I think for me, yeah, it's, it's sort of that being the first to admit uh, error. Mm. It's a hard one for me too. <laughs> the ego does not like that. No, right? You ask the question, then you're like, wait, I have to answer this too. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, I would say um, probably uh, when it comes to dating relationships, um, in the early stages, um, communicating what my, what my sexual needs are, um, is quite vulnerable for me because I tend to be a little bit more slowed down. Um, and I think I worry about people, um, not judging me really, but it's more so about like, um, people not wanting to slow down, not wanting to come along the pace that I am because I'm usually one that dictates the pace to be honest because I'm usually the one that's kind of pumping brakes and wanting to be a bit slower and take and you know get to know them and all that sort of stuff and I just find that I worry about about that yeah so setting bound it's all setting boundaries for me it's one of the most vulnerable things for me is setting boundaries because I worry about losing them right so if I set a boundary and they're like you know what I just don't think I can meet that boundary then it means that okay well then that's the end of the relationship whereas before I'd be like well let me go back to my boundary and let me see maybe I can accommodate you (laughs) because I don't want to lose the fear of loss I think is so big for me Um, so now I'm really rooted in my boundaries and I'm really standing up for what I want and I'm okay with losing people but it is very vulnerable at the same time so yeah Mm -hmm. So we've all been good little nuggets of, of wisdom for everybody mm. out there. Yeah. Well, 
I think we're going to wrap things up here, all you cool people out there. So if you are in love with this podcast, please give it a thumbs up. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell so that you can get notified every time we put out these episodes bi-weekly on Thursdays. And then we also do individual episodes alternating Thursdays. Also, if you're not in the Gay Men's Brotherhood, join the Gay Men's Brotherhood free Facebook group. Uh, you can find a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this on Apple iTunes, hit that five-star rating because we love getting those ratings. And also send us a little message in there. Say, you know, what you love about the show. We love to read those as well. So, and last but not least, our membership is launching today. So yes, go to gaymengoingdeeper.com to register. If you want to join that membership, it'll also have a page where it'll have all the information on what the membership is. So we're very, very, very excited to be going on this new adventure with everybody so we'd love to have you and to hear from you um so yeah gaymengoingdeeper.com and i think is that it guys that's it all right peace love rainbows have the best day ever everybody bye bye